all those that are still on holiday, it's like a toothpaste tube. And you're trying to get that last bit out. Patty never tries that. She just opens the next one. But being a man, I roll that thing up and I squeeze it out. It's like when you get a little bit more to pop out, it's like, yes! <laughs> Natalie, I wonder if you could stick that scripture up for me. I'm going to be speaking about uh, breaking of bread this morning. And you, I've actually, this was the very first message that I, I actually preached in Brackenfell. And um, I've added a few things in terms of the new year. And so let's read through the scripture. It's a, it's a long scripture, so you need to, to uh, listen and catch it. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 17. It says, In the following directives, I have no praise for you. I bet you wouldn't like someone to say that to you as they start off the sentence. For your meetings do more harm than good. Ouch. Imagine that. We leave here. And someone asks us on the way out, so how was the meeting? No, it did more harm than good. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. In the first place, I hear that you come together as a church. There are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there will have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. I've always believed that I'm one of God's favorites. So please don't pick on me, you're going to get hurt. Not by me, by God. <laughs> so it's a, that's an amazing sentence, actually. The way God shows his approval is with his favor. So then when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat, for when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. Now let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with having private suppers. But you can't call it breaking of bread. You've got to call it what it is, a supper, a community building, a friendship. Nothing wrong with those things. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? So they would, they would get together and have these meals, and, but they would bring their own food like a bring and share. But at the same time, they would eat their food. Haven't you? I've been to those bras where I just take burravos and I eat the other people's steak. <laughs> hey, that, that's the, the advantage of being the pastor. No, that's terrible. No, I've, I've, I've been to bras where I've got to make sure what comes off that bra is actually part of what I put in there. Because people have got no conscience of, of just eating whatever they feel like eating. But that's what they're talking about here. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body for which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my bread. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. When, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. I laugh at my son, Daniel. Believe it or not, he's got a tattoo on his shoulder. He tried to hide it from me um, many years ago. I've I found out since then. But as they grew up, I actually said to them, if you get a tattoo, I'm going to cut it out. And so they didn't get tattoos. I've, I've since uh, changed my stance on that. I, I don't believe we need to be legalistic about that. And in the Old Testament, the only place that it really speaks about tattoos, yes, I know about the New Testament and all that stuff, but the Old Testament, it says, don't tattoo names after people that are dead. So don't write your wife's name here and then she dies and you marry somebody else. Then you've got to change the tattoo. I've heard it's quite anar to do that. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So, so whatever it takes, God is saying, Paul, whatever it takes, Paul is saying, we want to get you into the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter how much pain you have to go through. We don't like to hear that. But I want to tell you that it's the love of God that draws us to God. But it's the fear of God that keeps us in God. My brothers and sisters, whenever you eat, gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home. I shouldn't say this because he's not here, but Matt loves to clean up the, the table here afterwards. And I've had to say to him, hey, listen, one is enough, but two is pushing it. And, and Patty gave him the gears, and he was like, Ooh. we said, when, it, when we finish and that's now meaningless, then you can do whatever you want to do. And when I come, I will give further directions. I would have thought, Yo, this is enough directions for me. But for me, it's a real challenge that when we get together, our meetings do more good than harm. The other way around to what Paul says it over there. Because for me, if our, our meetings are doing more harm, we might as well shut them down and send the people somewhere else. Really, it's, it's, it's a disaster as far as I'm concerned. And that church in, in Corinth was abundant in its, uh, in its gifts, in its charisma. It was abundant. They, they all, that's where the teachings of the Holy Spirit come out, the gifts of the Spirit come out of uh, that book. But yet, their character was terrible. One of the things they get rebuked of because a guy sleeping with his father's wife. He says, kick him out of the church. And in the second letter, he actually says, the devil has dealt with him. You can welcome him back. So God is a God of grace, but he doesn't allow sin into his camp. 
And for me, sin, the biggest problem with sin is the R in the middle of sin. As soon as we're doing things for R, we've got a problem. So he says to them, if you, if you break bread, it cannot just be an outward ritual. I've, I've been to, I went with a friend of mine to go and preach in a denominational church. And afterwards they had breaking of bread. But my friend had preached, but he wasn't allowed to take breaking of bread. That for me becomes a ritual. Everybody stands in the right order. They do the right thing. For me, that's not good. So I want to look at five areas here just quickly, and then we're going to break uh, bread together uh, that Paul speaks about. So the first thing he says, remember the body and blood of Jesus. So we must look back because Jesus died on the cross many years ago. We must look back to when he died. Remember our salvation. Remember the Passover meal that the Israelites had to have in the Old Testament. Moses was told to celebrate. When they took the blood and they put it up and over the, the, around the door, that was symbolic of Jesus that was to come and die for us. The blood of the Lamb sets us free. And I, I think that just goes with the word this morning. The blood of the lamb sets us free from the boxes that the world and the devil want to put us into. But you know what, folk? Often we blame the devil for things that the flesh is actually responsible for. The devil made me do it. I remember sitting in front of the TV. My kids loved cricket. And Hansi Cronier said, the devil made me do it. I thought, no, buddy, you, that was the flesh that made you do it. You wanted to make money, and so you did it. It wasn't the devil. And so as I was thinking about that, uh, I was in Nelspreet in those days, leading a church up there, and uh, a friend of mine organized for me to invigilate the teacher's training college. And so I was walking around, and as I walked up behind this one uh, lady, she didn't realize that I was there, and she had all her notes on her arm, and she was busy writing them out. And so I said, come, let's go. Because you know what? When a teacher is caught cheating, they're not allowed to teach for 10 years. It's quite a heavy sentence. So anyway, I said to her, come, let's go. We went in the room, and I said, so why did you do it? She said to me, the devil made me do it. I just started laughing because I had this thing in my head of Hansi Cronier. The devil made me do it. It was the flesh. She was lying. She was, she was being a fraud. And guys, I, 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 I believe strongly in the fact that the devil comes against the church. But don't blame him for things that your flesh wants to do. Don't blame him. You will know when he comes against you. Because you'll come under serious attack. Like, you know, this operation that I had. I would love to say the devil did it, but he didn't. I didn't take care of myself. I got overweight. I developed diabetes. And that resulted in me having this heart operation. The devil had nothing to do with it. 
So when things go wrong in your life, for me, take a look inside first before you start to look outside. So then the first one is look forward. No, no, it's not, sorry. Look back. The second one is look forward. Paul says, proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Well, he hasn't done that yet. And so we need to be proclaiming what Jesus did on the cross for us. This holiday has been good. I've had the opportunity to speak to quite a few people. And it's amazing when you're relaxed and you're taking it easy that you, you are able to just share stuff in between having grandchildren. It was amazing having our grandchildren, all seven of them, in our little jacuzzi. <laughs> I said to Patty, we're going to empty that thing when they are finished because I just checked stuff coming down here and I didn't even know what was going on below the water. Yo, jacuzzis are for adults. Yo, just put, I was putting chemicals in and I was filtering, but eventually I just said, hey, no, we'll let them have their fun and then we'll water the flowers and we'll put new water in there. In Cape Town, that's almost like swearing. They, they tell you, we got a second-hand jacuzzi. They tell you, when you get a second-hand jacuzzi, before you put water in, you've got to clean the inside with jet. We need to look inward. We've got to clean it. And then we've got to flush it with water and heat it up. That's not so lucky. Huh? God flushes us, and then he starts to heat up the situation. The devil's doing it. No, it's God. He's lighting a fire under your bottom. I'm allowed to say that word, I think. Just edit it over there. But we need to look. You know, we, we say to ourselves, we are a prophetic people. But most of us are pathetic. Prophetic means looking to the future dragging it down, embracing it, and living it out now. Living as we would live one day when we live with Jesus Christ. The next one is look inside. Oh, I've said that already. No. Look forward. I've got the numbers all wrong on my thing. Here. Look forward, look inside. We must examine ourselves when we eat and drink, drink of the cup. Because you know what? It, it says there that those that didn't do that actually died. They fell asleep, which means they died in a nice way. So if you don't want to fall asleep, you need to examine yourself. You need to make sure that you are right inside. We need to look around. In other words, how's our relationships with one another? Are we walking in a place of, of forgiveness? Are we walking in a place of not holding stuff, uh, not gossiping about people? Not just confronting for the sake of confronting, but doing it when it's ne needed. For me, confrontation, if it builds up, it's great. If it breaks down, 
it's not good. And so we need to be those type of people. We need to create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can work and move so that people can be touched and changed by the living God. Folk, you know what? What do you associate with 2020? You're right, Leon. For me, if you go to the eye specialist, they talk about 2020 vision. I really believe that this year needs to be a a year of vision and moving forward, embracing the future, because this is a year of vision. God is not locked into dates and times, but I'm feeling that this season is going to be a season that we're stretching forward into everything that God has for us. Not settling for, for second best. This morning, if, if you have anything against someone, not necessarily even in this fellowship, but there's somebody that you know there's a problem with you, if they're not here, I want you to mentally make a note of it and go and ask for forgiveness. As you make the note, then you can participate. But then you can't hold back on what you have made the notes of. You have to. You have to deal with unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, I think, is the one sin in which you can lose your salvation. You can lose your salvation. It speaks about that. It speaks about... The, the, the king calls this guy in and he says, you owe me so much money, I'm going to stick you in jail. So the guy says, oh, please forgive me. So he says, okay, I'll forgive you, you go. And then as he walks out, he finds a guy that owes him a small amount of money. And he gets him beaten up and put in jail. And then the master finds out about this. And he takes that guy and he sticks him in jail. He says, you're going to stay there. That's unforgiveness. Guys, we can't afford to have unforgiveness. Look out. We need to judge ourselves so we don't come under God's discipline. We should learn from God's word and his ways with the help of the Holy Spirit. So often I I, want to be someone that's led by the Spirit. But... There's this saying, I don't know if you know it, is if you have too much of the word, you'll dry up. If you have too much of the spirit, you'll blow up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. We need to be those people that are putting the word in. We are being led by the spirit so that we can grow into everything that God has for us. I don't know about you guys, but as I said at the end of last year, this year, we're going to go. It's going to be like a train coming past you. If you don't grab on, and if you grab on, it's going to, but you've got to hold. You've got to hold on. Otherwise, you'll end up on the track, and the next train will ride right over you. But this has to be the year that you do this stuff. So we need to be men and women of faith so that our meetings 
will do more good than harm. So let's just go over those, those points. And then we're going to break bread. Lindy, you can maybe come up so long. So the first thing is look back. For me, when you look back as well, you've got altars in your life. Altars that you've built. And for me, those things you need to look back and remind yourself of what God did in your life, whether it was painful or whether it was enjoyable. We need to look back at those altars. We can't just forget about them. Like when people do stuff to me and they, they really hurt me and they ask for forgiveness, I tell them, I, for, I forgive you. But it's going to take a while to, to forget what you did to me. And there's reality in that. You can't say, I forgive you and it's gone. No, it's not gone. It's there in your head. And you've got to continue forgiving on a, on a continual basis. So we look forward. We look inside. We examine ourselves. We look around, brothers and sisters. I've been blessed by this congregation this last year. It's been a real family experience. It's been a lot of community living. I think it can get better, but it's been good. It's been good. We need to look out. And yes, Lord. I wonder if you could all stand, please.